Welcome into the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. Overtime coming at you for the next two hours right here on Fan Run Radio. Jake Miller, Davis Rangi back in studio. Producer Matthew, Bryson, we have got a lot to talk about. We're going to have a little debate that's going to go probably the entirety of the show, depending on who all wants to chime in and if your opinion's good or not, because if your opinion's bad, I'm probably probably not even going to give you the time of day. I'm, I'm just going to be up front. Tennessee coming off a win down in Baton Rouge against LSU this past Saturday, moving up to number four in the new AP poll, moving to 16-3 on the season. Guys, that was not an impressive win. It was not. You know why it wasn't impressive? Why? Because you're supposed to beat a team like LSU. You're supposed to beat a team that's in a rebuild. You're supposed to beat them that bad. Impressive in the fact that you won by 21. I did not expect us to win by that much. But like you said, LSU is not a good team right now. First year with Matt McMahon, rebuilding program. I mean, that roster is just thrown together at the last second. And they don't have that mentality yet. Second, we came out firing. And especially in the second half, I felt like they just said, yeah, that's it. We give up. Throw the posters on the wreck. See if you can get people to try out. Exactly. Matthew, what would you think? Um. I mean, it was just uh, another game where, I mean, we took care of business, but another game where Olivier looks lost. I don't know what he's doing out there. I mean, he went, what, 18 of 18 to start the year, and now it feels like he's like 0 of 95 he from the field. So. Yeah. One for four Saturday, his last four games. He had 21 against at South Carolina. Since then, he is, let's see, four, five. Hmm. 5-4-17 in his last four games with a total of 17 points. So, Bryson, you watched the game as well. Yeah, I'll keep mine short and sweet. I thought uh, Olivier was really bad, and we needed him to be halfway decent. And I thought uh, Josiah might be catching his stride, which will be great if he can be our go-to player. Well, that's the thing is if they keep up that consistency. And the reason that I said there's going to be a debate today is because – a well-known Knoxville media member retweeted something by another guy that's pretty well-known for his statistics, saying that this was the best Rick Barnes team since he has been the head coach at Tennessee. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, okay, well, what about the 2019 team? What about the team that won 19 straight? What about the team that beat Gonzaga and held the number one spot in the AP poll for four weeks straight? What about those guys that could just go out and get you a bucket? Ten seconds left in the game. You're down by one. I can name you four guys. Actually, probably six. Probably six. Yeah, probably really? Six guys, yeah. yeah. That you could yeah. trust to go and make that game winning shot. I mean, Lamonte Turner wasn't even a starter. And he had the game winning shot against Kentucky, shooting the ball over Tyler Hero. Yeah. He's your sixth man. He's like a I guess a good comparison now in the modern era is like Lou Williams. He's retired now, but he would be that guy that would come in off the bench, get you like 20 a game and he would always be the closer he would always make those clutch shots for you and we don't have anyone like that on this team we haven't had anyone since then no and that's that. alluding you know to christopher gabriel's call that he had earlier on the drive it's like 10 seconds left who's going to take Who, that last shot exactly i mean you got what you got you've Grant, got admiral well, no well, i'm talking about on this team no oh, right now oh, you have on this team? you have guys yeah. averaging all 10 apiece zakai kamwa phillips jjj they all they're all averaging right at 10 points a game and then you've got Vescovi averaging 12.5. So right now you're just looking at each other, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. No, you take it. Like somebody has to take the ball, and 
be a leader and decide when you're going to get in a close game. You're going to close the game. And there, you got to no, take over, man. You got to be a leader. There's no leader on this team. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, the stats stay, speak for themselves. I would say Zakai's emerged in the past two games as your leader, but yeah. I mean, do we? I would probably put the most trust in him to go get you a bucket at the end. Yeah, and, and I feel like that's point. a bad thing. Like if we're having our uh, second year point guard who comes off the bench, which I get he plays starter minutes, is more of a leader than. Maybe Josiah. I mean, I'm not going to say that's the truth, but maybe. Right, and the thing is, like, we're not trying to say that we hate this team or anything, but at the same time, it's like you can't compare one of the most exciting basketball teams that Tennessee fans have ever watched to a team who, yes, they play very good defense, but guess what it takes? A Ryan Klein and Auburn in the SEC championship game just throw up everything and hit everything that they're throwing up, and you're going to lose the game. A Clayton, uh, I know it was the year before, but – the Clayton guy from Loyal Chicago, sister Jean. Yep. Just a random white guy. Was that Ryan? Fire. Was that the Carson Edwards team too? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, Edwards and Ryan Klein, who were just two bona fide, just pure shooters. And I mean, they were throwing and anything. They had Isaac Isaac Harms also, yep. tall white, like seven two from yeah. Germany, seven foot three guy that was a menace basically and there. The decision to start Grant on the bench in that overtime of the Purdue game is. That's probably, the biggest mistake of Rick Barnes' career. Yeah, I would say maybe in Tennessee history basketball, but. I mean that would have been that might have been the difference in making a Final Four. I mean, I, whether or not to start him at overtime. I want to hear people's opinions who genuinely think that this team we have right now could beat the 2019 team. Oh, buddy, I heard about it all weekend on Twitter. Because Damn I, I idiots. mean, I, I, I just try to stay. It's all about it. like advanced stats, man. It's what they're looking yeah, at because the, well, the defense is so freaking good with this team. But I mean, there's there's some things that you just can't throw into like advanced stats like the camaraderie of that team that was probably like the closest team the all all-around vibe with that team they've been was playing great. with each other for two and three years exactly yeah. they had been playing together they know the roles everybody knows who's going where who's doing what and nobody cared about who got the credit that's a big thing about that team is nobody cared about who got the credit there's no they egos a collective unit yeah were any of those guys on on that team any five stars no no and as a matter of fact i'm pretty sure eves might have been the highest rated well, he might have been for Derek walker I didn't play. Who didn't even play. Yeah. Exactly. But so, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But if you go back and you look at the all-time Tennessee rankings, I think there's only 84 that have been ranked. Three of those guys aren't even in the top 50. No. Grant definitely was not. Admiral definitely was not. I mean, Jordan what? Bone barely made the top 50. He was number 49. What was Bowden? Was Bowden the four-star? No. No, he's no, a three. I, I, I didn't think so. I mean, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make here is those guys – they were, what, three and maybe, maybe four stars, maybe. Maybe one four star. Maybe Monte was a four, Eves was a four. Yeah, so what I'm saying is the camaraderie between those guys who are three or four stars, it feels to me like they have they have less of an ego than the guys who are the five stars now that we have. Well, yeah, because they knew coming up through high school ball and through AAU, it's like, okay, I'm good, but I'm not the guy. Yep. Bone was the 171st national player of his class. Wow. Wow. And he had the fastest first step in the nation. He was the fifth-rated player in Tennessee. Um, and the way he was able to just dribble the ball and just stop and pop, it was incredible the yeah. way he was able to do that. I would say he's the best, most pure point guard. I mean, you can get an argument for Kennedy Chandler, but I would say that Jordan Bone is more of a floor general. He was the perfect point guard because he knew, like, he wasn't going to try to go outside of what he was doing. He knows he knew his role within the team. He was going to facilitate, make everybody get going first. And like the Kentucky game here in 2019, when they came here, he had I think like 30 that game. That's something ridiculous. And he just decided to take over. And I mean, he can do that also if he needs to. I mean, that's that's the thing with that team is 
we're sitting here having this conversation, and we know everything about every single one of those guys. We knew who could go get us a bucket, and you could name pretty much what would you say we had an eight-man rotation, maybe yeah. a nine some games, maybe at most. throw Derek Walker in there for a couple of games. I know he had a little bit of playing time, not much, but you know all those guys contributed, and you trusted every single one of them with the ball in their hands late in the game. I, I just looked at the stats. Bone had 27, and Grant had 24. Golly. And you tell me two dudes on this team that can go get 25. Julian Phillips, if you just give him the keys, probably could, but that's not within his. Yeah, he did. It's USC, which is one of the better wins we've had all year. I mean, Tyreek, he should have the ability to do it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He should have, but are they going to be able to do it is the question. No, and I mean, you look at what he did at Indiana State, you know, just throwing up shots making everything fall and then i don't know what's happened but he just can't do it anymore i know we're putting a heavy emphasis on defense that's just what rick barnes does but all in all people are like defense wins championships defense wins championships it's like okay you gotta score the ball yeah if you don't score it's not gonna make any <laughs> how difference how bad if they gave zero zero at the end of the game so your core four off that 2019 team admiral was 251st nationally um grant was 191st nationally Jordan Bone was or Jordan Bowen, excuse me, two hundred sixty second nationally, and Jordan Bone was one seventy one. So no one in the top one. Not even close. Yeah, not not even the top one fifty. No. So I mean, I do think it's important to note though, like it's not that we're taking a slight at the current team we have. No. It's more of a taking a jab at the people who are forgetting how good and how special quickly that, they that team was. Like yeah. who spent four weeks at the number one team of the country. You're, you're not going to get that kind of team ever again. No, recency no, bias is, is ridiculous right now with this. I mean, yeah. you just don't forget what they did. Monte wasn't even a four-star either. He was 141st, 144 in the country and the 16th best player in Alabama. Which is not a basketball recruiting mill not by any chance. Not very heavy at all. No. No. And, you know, I mean, that's why I made the argument that I did. You know, after I saw the – idiot that posted it that retweeted it from somebody else i said if you think that this team would beat the grant and admiral team you have lost your mind and i really do believe that that team averaged 82 points a game that team won 19 straight that team was probably one of the more dominant teams that we have seen in our lifetimes and the bruce teams were pretty damn good yeah um you know which i don't know how much you guys remember of those earlier teams but I was I was too young to remember it really. I just remember um, the Ohio State game. I remember how excited I was after that. I don't, but I mean the thing now. I think also the reason that we're not like very excited or hyped about this team is just because I think also football plays into effect with that. When you've been become good at football and you've become used to an exciting brand and something that you can get excited for, and it's like enjoyable to watch we may win these games but they're not fun to watch like no saturday was boring even though we won by 21 it was not fun to watch and i think that plays a huge factor into i mean kentucky was not fun to watch i mean no i mean the thing is that was a close game down the stretch yeah. and that wasn't even exciting wasn't to watch exciting to watch i was just like okay well, it's a close game okay here we go so do you think that might play into it the fact that we now have a good football team again that that's playing into and taking away a little bit of the luster from basketball? I think – I just think nowadays when, like, we're, we're all big NBA guys and we watch just the constant just high-scoring games. And, I mean, 
when you turn on Tennessee basketball, it's just, all right, well, uh, let's see who's going to be the most lethargic today, basically. It's just like, <laughs> it's just complete like 180 from where basketball's headed, like being hard nosed defensively, not taking any wild shots, getting into your offense every time down the floor. And, um, I mean, like, also those close games like Kentucky, we've not had many of those. Kentucky no. was the first where you're, like, down to the wire. We've not had a game yet where you're down one with ten seconds and somebody has to make a shot. We've not had that game yet. And regardless if we win or lose that game coming up, like, we need one of those games because in March you're going to have one of those games where you need somebody to make a decision, somebody to hit the big shot. And if we get down to March and that happens, I, I mean, it, it's hard to replicate that in practice. Well, and CG also made another good point on the drive. He's like, you know, if we're in the NCAA tournament and we're going up against another Power 5 school, you know, like a Kansas, a TCU, you know, somebody like that, you're not as scared of them as you are your Loyola Chicago's, your Wichita State's, teams like that. Those teams honestly scare me a little bit more. And I kind of see where he's coming from with it as well, just for the simple fact that we've seen this role played out before. I mean, you look at the 2019 team, Colgate. People forget how close that game was in the first round. Sneaky good. Oh, we I, went to overtime against you, Iowa. You got your like Bryants of the world and mid majors, St. Peter's of the it world. Was Seventy-seven to seventy against Colgate, and it was eighty-three to seventy-seven against Iowa. Well, and you're starting to see more of these schools like Charleston. I uh, think FAU's FAU, FAU, St. Mary's, FAU. New Mexico, yep. Providence. Like, those guys like they are. They're playing really good basketball right now. Yeah, I mean, we. All, I mean, when you only thought about the mid majors back in the day, it was like Creighton was a mid major. I feel like that always did something in the tournament. And you when had, Butler was still a mid major, yeah, Butler too. And then you had your occasional like Lehigh's or Florida Gulf Coast, and now you're seeing the prominence of like mid majors coming, to, like coming actually doing something in March, like VCU, which is all state. Well, do you think it's because people finally realize like, well, you don't have to go to a Kentucky, you don't have to go to a Duke, a Kansas a UCLA, a Texas, you know, a prominent basketball school in order to get playing time and to showcase your ability. I think it's the mindset of any given game you could do it. You can, you can beat anyone. At yeah. any given school. Yeah, any given school. Like Stephen F. Austin is a great example. Yeah, Stephen F. Austin, every time I see him in, in March Madness, I, I put them in my round of 32 because I feel like they always get an upset. They're a good team. Northern Iowa. Princeton is a good team. Like these random teams just out of these small mid majors. Like UC Santa Barbara is up at the top again. Like that's a sneaky yeah. team to watch. Well, I think that's just the beauty of college basketball is yeah. any given team can win on any given day. And Matthew, I'm glad you brought up this point too how you go from watching the NBA, which is high scoring, fast paced, to watching Tennessee football. And it's kind of boring. But it's flip flopped on the other hand when you're talking about football. You watch Tennessee football. And it's like, wow, this high-scoring, high-flying, just awesome game. And then you go watch, like, the Denver Broncos. And you go watch the NFL, which yeah. is a <laughs> snooze fest. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Stay with us. 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop on with us. Fan Run Radio Overtime. Back with more right after this. Back here on Overtime Fan Run Radio and to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines we go. Phil is first. What do you say, Philly? What's going on, Jack the Snake? Not a lot, Phil. People trying to tell me that this team is better than the Grant and Admiral team of 2019. Well, I don't even know if it's as good as the team last year. I mean, you got a point there, Phil. Yep, I was going to bring that up. I mean, we're talking about 2019. We're not even thinking about comparing them to last year's team. I'll say this. If Tennessee had uh, – a legitimate 
true point guard with this bunch, they could contend for the national championship. I got people telling me, Phil, that Zakai Ziegler is a true point guard. If we had uh, <laughs> if we had Yuri Collins from St. Louis, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Phil, but we oh, whiffed yeah. on him this summer, and if we had him, I would put us Final Four contender. Yeah, I agree with that, and uh, that's where they didn't get the job done when uh, they knew Kenny Chandler was going to leave anyway. Should have done something replacing. I mean, they're not playing the, you know who. We don't mean to bring his name up. Right. Yep. And uh, but. Uh, They've got a pretty good roster. Uh, they're better inside than they were last year. And they're probably a little bit better at the wing position, but, uh, you know, point guard's such a huge element in, in the college basketball. It's like the quarterback in football, Phil. I mean, you have to have a good quarterback to dictate what's going on with the offense. Just like in basketball, you have to have a good point guard to dictate your offense. And right now, well, I don't. I don't think we got that. If Triple J continues to play like this and Julian Phillips keeps improving, this may help Tennessee to advance in the NCAA tournament. I mean, that's the big thing is that sacred Final Four mission that we have that we have yet to achieve ever. I mean, Phil, you've been on this earth longer than I have, and I've just about been on this earth for 30 years, and I've never seen it. We've only sniffed it one time, and then we just come up short because we couldn't make free throws. So – I mean, one of the things that was argued to me this weekend, Phil, and the reason I brought this up was because somebody had posted something to Twitter saying that this was the best, and this was a prominent media figure in Knoxville saying that this year's team was the best Rick Barnes team like ever since he's been at Tennessee. Hmm. And, Phil, I don't think that's factually correct at all. I mean, if you want to get into the advanced analytics, you might be able to prove it, but, I mean, the fact of the matter is, the best defensive team. Well, yeah, but, uh, you got you got an offense. You got to score enough points to win. Exactly, and that's what you could rely on that twenty nineteen team for. Exactly, and uh, you know it was one bad call away from being in lead eight. Well, what were we down eight against uh, Kentucky in that semifinal? And you never and felt like you were out of the game. No, if we, if we were in that position this year with this team, we would be dead in the water, hundred percent. Yeah, when we were behind six points against Kentucky, it's almost like. Uh, 15 points, you know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the key to beating Tennessee, you shut Muscovy down and you beat Tennessee. It's, it's that damn simple. That's what happened in the NCAA tournament. I mean, you're not wrong, Phil. I mean, that's exactly what happened. Phil, I have a question. When we were up to 53-51, did you feel like we were, e- were still down at that point? Because that's how I felt. Even though we were up, I felt like we were down in the game. Well, I can't disagree with you a bit. I'm glad we got a panel of most basketball Still, all these other shows are normal enough. You know what I mean? You said it, not me, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Georgia, I'm still – Georgia could get Tennessee a game on Wednesday night because they're athletic enough. If we're not ready to play, they could get Tennessee problems. That's the one game in basketball that kind of gets us like the South Carolina game does every now and again. It's like just weird stuff happens when we play South Carolina in football and weird stuff happens when we play Georgia in basketball. Grand Admiral beat them by, what, 50 points here? Yeah. So, uh, another point. Yeah, but the, when we won the SEC championship and tied Auburn for the SEC championship, we, we barely beat Georgia here in Knoxville. Y'all remember that game? Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Well, I think Lamonte Turner hit a big three and Admiral hit a big three, and that's the reason we won the game. I mean, that's the thing, Phil. You had guys on that team that could go out and get you a bucket whenever you needed it. When there was 10 seconds left, you knew that somebody was going to make the shot. 
on this yeah, team? Can you tell me? Big shot. Exactly. That was my question to you. Who on this team is going to make that shot? Well, unless it's Viscovi and, and everybody else is doing the big hand to shut him down. Who, somebody else has got to step up. Is it going to be Triple J, which he, he's never done it in the clutch, and then got Julian Phillips as a freshman. Ziegler, I guess. Uh, uh, that's the only four people that would be a big candidate for that, wouldn't it? I'm trying to think of the last clutch shot we had, Tennessee basketball. Probably Lamonte Turner against, uh, was it VCU in that Destin tournament the year after Grant Admiral left? That was the last, yeah, like, buzzer beater. Yep. Damn. A guy that could go get you a bucket. Huh. He had a few in his career. Two of them were against Kentucky. What's Tennessee going to do on the uh, basketball recruiting uh They've got Freddie Buckets over at practice now, and they've got Cameron Carr coming in. He's a shooter who's right in the top 50 now uh, on some of these services. And then you've got the, the Cade Phillips and uh, uh, J.P. Australia coming in. J.P.'s going to be a baller, go. Phil. So he'd be a major upgrade over your else is what you're saying. Oh, it's like going from Zadrunas Ilgauskas to Shaq. Are you talking about when huh. they play the same year? <laughs> <laughs> or talking about prime We're shack. talking about prime shack. Could be going from uh, 6 p.m. to 3 p.m., you know what I mean? You mean from 3 to 6? Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah. I mean. You're all the number one show on the network. You said it, not me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't care everybody hears it, you know what? Uh-huh. I'm trying to prop you all up, you know what? I appreciate that, Phil. I really do. All right, guys, uh, is there any football uh, news out there? Nah, not really. We're just, we're just waiting on the allegations to drop every, any day now, Phil. Allegations? Well, the what is their decision they've made yeah. as to how they're going to punish us, which it shouldn't be anything considering what all we've done. Well, if they're talking about skull can down in Alabama, then you know there won't be any punishment. Now, if he gets that job, but somehow we get sanctioned for it, then – We're off the hook if he gets the job. Oh, should yeah. be, should be. Huh. Well, guys, uh, are y'all going to have a show Wednesday night when uh, uh, Buzz White comes to town? What time's the game? I think it's seven, seven, right? Clock, isn't it? Yeah, it's seven. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take you right up till tip off. Oh, seven? Huh. You think, you think Buzz White can get uh, the collector again? He very well might. I mean, that's the thing is he's, I don't know, he's, he's another weird one. What's Texas ranked uh, in the poll? Ten. Yeah, they got up to ten. They got beat last week, did they not? I think they like Iowa State. They, yeah, they lost to Iowa State at Iowa State. I'll tell you, the worst loss of the weekend was Kansas getting absolutely obliterated. On their home court. Yeah, yeah by TCU. What about Houston, though? Yeah, they're kind of yeah, Temple beat them, didn't they? They're yeah, a little yeah. bit of fraud. They've been flirting with uh, losing the past. I mean, they only beat South Florida by six points last week, and then Temple beat them on their home floor. Well, Alabama should be ranked number one. I mean, I don't like Alabama one bit, but they're number one deserving of number one and that Big Ten slop. <laughs> they're the best team in the country. Yes, Alabama yeah. should be number one. I mean, really, Purdue is just, uh, you know, they're just like Tennessee in basketball. They choke all the time. They beat us that one time, but outside of that, that's all they do. We can't beat Purdue in, in hardly anything. anything. In anything. Like, in anything. even the alumni game that they had. <laughs> The, what was it? The literally the basketball tournament with yeah. a bunch of washed up fat guys that used to play at Tennessee. We lost to them then. 
Really? You lost in that, in that kind of game? Oh, yeah. It was oh, yeah. the Volunteers against the Men of Mackey, a team that featured Chris Lofton, coached by Ron Slay. Who else was playing? I think Lamonte was playing, was he not? McCray? I don't know. Jordan McCray might have been Hey, y'all like Ron Slay on the uh, uh, SEC Network? Yeah, I like him pretty good job. I like his personality. I really do. I like him. I, I like, like Bradshaw on there as well. Yeah, the, the sleigh ride. I love it. See you. Appreciate the phone call, Phil. Uh, I agree. Bama needs to be number one. Purdue's best win of the year is uh, Gonzaga, and that was on a that was on a neutral floor at the Phil Knight tournament and Thanksgiving. And Gonzaga is not even looking like that great of a win now. They're all the way down to number fourteen. I mean, what does Purdue still have? Zach Eady. Zach Eady. And that's, that, uh, that's about it. I mean, Jaden Ivey left. Everybody yeah. thought they were going to fall off, but. I mean, they're always going to have a decent team, but I don't think they should be number one worthy. I think they – I don't know. I make a bold prediction. I think they make it to Sweet 16. I don't think they make it any, any further. Well, they, I mean, like Phil said, they're going to choke just like we do. Well, they almost lost to – was it North Texas yeah, last year in yeah. the tournament? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Purdue's always going to have a good team, but I just feel like – I don't know. Bama should be number one from what I've seen easily. They beat Houston on their home court. Yep. Bay the, the best player in the country. Brandon Miller, yep. Who have they lost to? Gonzaga and UConn, which are not bad losses. Yeah, either yeah. Those, those are two good teams. UConn's what? Is that, UConn's still they, top 10? They fell off. They're at 19 now. Okay, yeah. So, it's, I mean, top, still top 25, but, I mean. Well, and something else taking into consideration is how well they've bounced back after the whole situation with what happened with the shooting and everything like that. Yeah. It's like the, what, the way that Nate Oates was able to keep that locker room together. And just be like, guys, listen, this happened, but we're a team, we're a family, we got to stick together, and that's what they've done. I mean, they went into Mizzou Saturday and they won by twenty-one, also, but it was just like really never in question. I mean, if you, I, I I listened to Nate Oates' uh, post-game press conference when he mm-hmm. was like talking about the whole thing. I don't know who asked him the question about how he got the locker room back together, but he, but he sounded very emotional, and it sounded he sounds like a coach that wants his best for his players. And that's so you. That, I mean, that's the coach you want to play for. It's a Danny White hire. That is yeah. a Danny White hire. Yeah. That's the thing. Is like, yeah. Oh, I want Nate Oates. I didn't know uh, Javon Quinterly was still in college. He's come <laughs> off their bench. Yeah, I know. I know. He yeah. only averages seven points for yeah, him. Yeah, I know, man. He's been in. He's been in college since like 2015. He's the new John Petty. He was a part of Jelly Fam yeah. when I was in like yeah. ninth grade. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. I forgot he was on, even on the team until I saw like uh, somebody tweeted at him and he responded, and I had to look up if he was still on the roster. I mean, what, what he went Villanova? Villanova and then transferred to Bama. Yeah, he. I mean, he kind of went to Bama. He's averaging average thirteen, then fourteen. Now he's down to seven. His minutes have gone down like bad, but that's because how well he recruits and his guard depth. I mean, that's just a Nate Oates coach team. And, I mean, the thing is, this isn't a one-off either. I mean, these teams are going to be good I mean, they were, for years to come. They were really good two years ago during the COVID year, and last year they weren't great. But, I mean, when you can rebound now, I mean, they're definitely Final Four good. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They were good during the COVID year. They had some problems last year, and he's fixed those problems. Now they're back to where Alabama basketball wants to be. I mean, it's, I mean, Brandon Miller's number four on draft boards right now. So, I mean, you can say you have a number four player in the NBA draft and wh- whatever else they and have. Had it not been for uh, two freaks and Scooter, Scooter, whatever you say, Scooter, Scooter, I don't even know how you say his name, and then uh, Victor Wimbananas, like, he would literally be a top two pick. 
Uh, it's about uh, Scoot, Scoot Henderson. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, I wish that was another one we got, Brandon Miller, but his dad's a, what was a Bama legacy, right? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard, but. That was never going to happen. Let's go back to the phones. TJ, the Kentucky fan, is next. What do you say, TJ? Hey, fellas. How y'all doing, man? Pretty good. Nice. Out here in Arizona, uh, you know, it's a little chilly, a little snowy, but uh, not too bad. Um, you know, Andy Cat came out with bracketology, and I know a lot of people hate bracketology. It's, some people think it's the best thing ever. Some people think it's stupid. Two questions for you. Okay. He has Tennessee in the West as a number one seed with UCLA as the two, Texas as the three, and TCU as the four. Do you like that draw? That's tough. I don't like any draw, TJ, because I know the furthest we're going to make it is the Sweet 16. My initial reaction is no. (laughs) At least I'm I'm honest. Now, my second question is, Andy Katz also – has in the South Duke as the seventh seed facing Kentucky, the tenth seed. Do you think they would ever have a Duke Kentucky first round game? Do you think that's smart or do you think that's stupid? They want the viewership to go deeper. I don't think there's any way they match them up that yeah, There's absolutely I I, no, no way. way. <laughs> no way you have a first round matchup. The ghost of Christian Leitner will appear. <laughs> Oh, it still haunts me. I think, man, look, I think the way this year college basketball is, where everybody's beating everyone, you don't really have a single team that is just absolute. I mean, Kansas lost the other night by 20. Um, TC didn't, number one, Houston lost to Temple yep. uh, a night ago. I really don't see a team that just wows you. So it would not – this is one of those years where a Florida Gulf Coast absolutely could make the Final Four. This is a year where a St. Peter's, instead of just getting to the Elite Eight, could absolutely make the Final Four. Do you see a – I don't know. I'll say a seed four or higher getting that far this year because I could. Well, TJ, I mean, you got to take into account like we were talking about earlier, you know, in today's college basketball game, any given team on any given day can win a game in the NCAA tournament. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that some of these teams, and TJ, you've unfortunately had to experience this as a Kentucky fan, and I wouldn't say that we're experiencing it right now as a Tennessee fan base, but some of these teams just have too much talent, like too much ego, and not enough composure, not enough chemistry on the team. But when you get some of those smaller schools, guys that have played together for years and years and years, the chemistry's there. They know exactly what each other are going to do, and they know who can win them the game, and they know who to get the ball in the hands of. I agree 100%, man. You look at the you look at the Florida Gulf Coast, which was just a couple of years ago, the Loyolas. Uh, I mean, they just have so much more team chemistry than your one-and-done Duke or Kentucky or your two-year players at Tennessee or whatever it is. So I completely agree with you, man. I mean, did I did I lie? I think this year has a chance. I don't know if I would say St. Peter's worthy like Cinderella, but 
Kent State, I mean, they're ranked as a 12th seed. And their only three losses so far this year is Charleston by two points, Houston by five, and Gonzaga by seven. I'll tell you a conference to watch, though, this year. The Mountain West. Mountain West. Mountain West. Who's, he, who's even in the Mountain yeah. West? Yeah, I was about to ask that question. I'm telling you, your Boise State's teams like that. Colorado State. San Seems Diego like, State, yes. New Mexico, Utah yeah, State, yeah. Boise State, Nevada, Air Force, San Jose State, and a bunch of mid below that. So, I mean, if Watch you want to be honest, look at if you want to be honest, look at Charleston. I think they've only lost one game, and they're ranked in the top twenty. Yep, they are number eighteen. I'm pretty yes. sure. Yes. So this year, man, it's I don't know if it's nil. I don't know if it's you know. Coaches are recruiting different. The COVID year with the backup of Scott, I don't know what it is, but it seems like there's more parity in college basketball this year more than it's ever been. Y'all have a good night, man. Appreciate the phone call, TJ. Stay with us. Overtime continues. Final segment of hour number one coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Welcome back. Final segment of hour number one. It is overtime. It is Jake Miller, Davis, Matthew, Bryson, and you. And back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines we go. Larry in Georgia is next. What do you say, Larry? Fellas. Larry. How are we doing? Pretty good, man. Fantastic. All right. Um, I want to I wanna pile on this or add on to something that TJ was just talking about, actually. And I, I, my humble opinion, just just – watching some different stuff, and I don't watch a ton of college basketball, but I think where we're seeing some of this parody from, I think the one-and-done era is starting to catch up to people. And I, and I, not even from a standpoint of just losing the players, but I think you're seeing a, le- a lot less of the chemistry like you were talking about earlier, Jake. You're, you're not seeing these guys playing together for three and four years and having that chemistry to where they play for each other. Playing for themselves a lot of times. So you're seeing the teams that play for each other that don't have these one-and-dones and these huge superstars, they are able to jump up and fight some of these guys because they have that, that cohesiveness. And they'd rather play for each other and for their school than trying to get to that next level, per se. And, Larry, that's a great point because, you know, something else that we don't see, you know, out in the open a lot is you've got a lot of these guys that have handlers and they're gaslighting them every step of the way. And I think it has a lot to do with what you just said. It's like, play for yourself. These other guys aren't going to get you to the NBA. You're going to get yourself to the NBA. So you do what you need to do. Play for yourself. It's definitely caught up. Absolutely. To, like, if you look at Duke basketball, they've definitely fallen off in the past 10 years or so. The only outlier to that is when they had Zion, Cam Reddish, just like the, Barrett. Yeah, the number one like recruiting class of all time. And even they got beat by Michigan State, who was a team that had meshed together and played together. Dude, they almost got beat years. by UCF. Yeah. Taco Fall almost beat them. Even- even Kentucky, though, look at Kentucky this year. What's his name came back? I, I just his name. Yeah, he came back. But if you watch that team, they're not having fun. They're not. It's like they don't even like each other when they're on the floor together. Oh, it's, it's funny weird, you say that because man. he called him out on that. Yeah, he called him out. Yeah, and like I said, it's it's just it's strange, and and I think it has to do a lot with the egos. So you're starting to see 
these egos, they, that could be soul-crushing to a team. Man, we've all seen it, and, and I think it's getting more and more widespread. And now you're also having some of these other coaches that are coming in that are stepping up their games as well. Unfortunately, we're not seeing that where we want to see it, the stepping up. But, hey, um, I do have one message. What you got? Coach Barnes, Sakai, um, Euros, any of you, if you're listening, and please, God be listening, when you play Wednesday, don't take your foot off the gas. Don't let these jack wagons off the bus or even on the floor with you. You're so much better talent-wise than this team down here in this godforsaken state that if you let them on, if you let them on the court with you and, and let them play with you, I swear I'm going to be the first one in line saying fire Barnes and blow the team up. Y'all have a great night. Keep up what you're doing. Peace out and go big freaking orange. Appreciate the phone call, Larry. Larry, top three status now. <laughs> Got us a Barnes basher potentially. Wow. All right. I didn't expect to hear that today. Did not expect that. But, hey, shows one thing. Larry at least knows what he's talking about. Shows that people are actually finally, I guess, coming out of their shells and staying off of uh, Vol for Life Facebook. I mean, we've like it's such an overrun comparison, but it's like Georgia with Mark Rick. Like You're going to win. You're going to win big games in the regular season, but you're not going to do anything in the postseason. And Georgia decided to finally take that leap. I mean, there was no – absolute guarantee that they were going to be good after he was fired when they hired Kirby Smart, but took a leap of faith, and, I mean, we see how that's worked out. Well, I mean, it's similar to the Philip Fulmer-Johnny Majors situation. Johnny Majors had a great program rolling. Granted, Philip Fulmer stabbed him in the back, but Philip Fulmer took the program to the mountaintop when it was already good. Now, if you hand the keys over to somebody where the program is already good, and to be honest with you, man, I don't even know if you can do it in today's game. I mean, we saw what happened at LSU. I mean, that was a good program. When Will Wade was there, and then they hand the keys over, and their entire roster imploded because they're all getting bags from Will Wade. Second he was gone, they were gone. Man, yeah, Duke didn't implode. That's because you went from Coach K, one of the greatest coaches of all time, to a assistant and former player. But they're not as good anymore. It's already showing. Roy Williams gone. Jay Wright gone. I don't even know. I think Villanova is not ranked. Are they? Who is Villanova's head coach? Some assistant. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you, yeah. I know, head coach. Let's go back to the phones. Martin is next. What do you say, Martin? Yes, Jake. Martin. Uh, Russell was talking about the Lady Vols earlier on his show. Yeah. And he said, do we want to be one of the top, what he meant was top 10 or 20 in the country or try to go back to the Final Four over the Lady Vols? And uh, I heard Coach Harper say this. She said early they overscheduled. Uh-huh. So they played like four of four of the – they played like six of the top 12 teams in the country. Yeah. That's what hurt them. And they had to, they had to set uh, Jackson. They had to set her down for a while. And Jordan Horston's hurt. And, and uh, Jamari Key's out with – with those blood clots. But, hey, I'm going to tell you this right now, Jake. What's that, Martin? She's still got a chance. I, I, I still believe she's got a chance to at least make it a sweet 16 or elite 8. And another question that I heard about the Lady Vols was, if Kelly doesn't get it done, like if she's having first and second round exits, do you make that move for Kara Lawson? 
should have hired her to begin with. Well, and I get why we didn't, though, because I don't even think she was... She was still on the Celtic staff at exactly. the time. Well, I thought she was an analyst. I didn't think she'd even made you know, made it to the bench for the Celtics. She was with them. But, yeah, you are. You might be right on that. Former interview, three people for the job. Wes Moore, Carol Lawson, and Kelly Harper. And we got Kelly. I'm still not giving up on them, but... She said, Coach Harper said she overscheduled early. Very well might have. And, you know, it's just one of those things, Martin, they're not playing at the level that, you know, I grew up watching. Because, I mean, Martin, you got to think, I grew up with the likes of watching Shamiqua Holtzclaw, Tamika Ketchens, Kara Lawson, Shauna Zolman, players like that. Those, Candace th- Parker. Candace Parker. Those were the, the ladies I watched growing up. And we're just, we're not at that anymore. Well, and we need to get I'm back gonna, to it. I'm going to let you know something. What you got? Rakia Jackson and Jordan Horston is – both of them are going the first round of the NBA draft. That's a high probability. That's a very high probability. I don't disagree with that at all. And do you know if they've got any signings yet for next year? I don't know I don't if they do, do or not. Davis. No, I don't I don't think they do either right now, Martin. Yes, but I haven't given up on Coach Harper, but I'm telling you this. What's that? She barely make it to Street 16 or Elite 8. I still believe that she's got the team to do it. Are you done with her if she doesn't, Martin? Give her one more year. Hmm. Give her one more year to make it right. But she should be losing so much. Well, she will be losing a lot. They extended yeah. her contract, what was it, this summer for some reason. Yes. So. And she, she makes a million dollars a year now. Yep. They have to contract from seven hundred sixty-six thousand to a million a year. Wow, that's a uh, that's a big jump. I'd like to know what the assistant coaches are making over there. You know, I'd say probably they're they're comfortable, Martin. Yeah, they're they're not struggling by any means. I don't think they're making huge bucks, but I mean they're able they're able to live. Maybe two hundred thousand apiece, seven hundred fifty. I'd say that's Around probably that, yes. pretty accurate. Yes. I always wondered what those assistant coaches made over there. It's amazing how that pay scale has increased over the t- over time. You know, back in the day, head football coaches, I mean, they were lucky to make a million dollars. Like, I think when Philip Fulmer got his contract extended back in the day and he was making $2 million a year, everyone thought that was the biggest thing ever. And now, if you're making $2 million a year, Martin, you're, uh, you're not coaching at a Power 5 school. Yes, and could you tell me any football or basketball recruiting news? I don't have any off the top of my head. Of course, um, last week was a big week, getting those two guys out of BYU. For basketball, Martin, Juke Harris, he's a 2024 guard. He put us in his top six, but that's not for next till next year's class, so he doesn't help us right away for next year. Yes. Well, do you think we'll go out? I heard Coach uh, Gady on Russell's show. Mm-hmm. And he said they were going to try to sign one player in the spring. Do you think it would be a graduate transfer or a point guard graduate transfer? Who do you think it might be? I definitely think it will be a point guard for sure. Um, Whether they're a grad transfer or somebody that's just not a fit where they're at, you know, that remains to be seen. But I think you have to go after a point guard. And really you need to go after another big man because you got JP coming in. He's going to be something. But he's going to need some help. I believe uh, 
I mean, you gotta walk out and, and the other boy, six eleven boy, can help them. Absolutely. I mean, JP Awaka. If you get one guy, just get one more big man, then you're gonna have that elite post play that we have been missing. The strong is a man, boy. Let me tell you. But he can play, can he, Martin? That's right. Here. If Duke Kansas wants you, you can play. Oh, absolutely. And I've got the pleasure of watching some of his highlights on YouTube. And Martin, he is not afraid to take the ball to the rack. I mean, I saw him catch the ball in the corner, and he just drove this thing, did not care to go over top of people and just throw that ball down. It was a beauty to watch. Yes. But, uh, so you ain't got any football and basketball recruiting news, huh? Not much, just uh, it's pretty quiet. Do you right think they'll go after a quarterback, or what will they do? Uh, I want to see him get JT Shroud back just to be a third string because you need somebody like that, a third scholarship quarterback. Yeah, he kind of got done dirty out at Colorado. Adam Sparks, Adam Sparks in the Sentinel said they need one. Yeah, and Adam's a good source of information too. But, um, I mean, I kind of agree with Davis. Let's go get JT Shroud. I mean, he knows the area, and he knows what it means to be a Tennessee volunteer. He's We know he's not going to play, but if – some, heaven forbid something happens with Joe and something happens with Nico, you've got to have somebody back there, and I trust him. He's seen it all. Good locker room presence for sure. Oh, yeah. Yes. All right, boys, I appreciate you. You can take care of yourself. Yes, sir. You do the same. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Martin wants to know about the Lady Vols, wants some recruiting nugs. We give him everything that we can. Try our best around here. I mean, that is weird about the Lady Vols, though. It's like growing up with what I did and, you know, how it is now. It's just not the same. You hear about the Goy days, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. is like when Pat Summit was here, you would hear about the Lady Vols all the time. Yeah. that's uh, Those days are gone. I, 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 Holly Warlick killed it. I'll tell you during the break. Holly Warlick killed it. That's going to do it for hour number one. Hour number two of Overtime coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Hey guys, it's Jake Miller. 